Hello friend. The Mystical American Patriot Society is transmitting to you from our secret ice fortress and laboratory high in the Swiss Alps. This is a variety program for normal sandwich eating Americans with some concerns about living in a deranged, post-Christian technocracy. Keep your third eye on the sky and your ear to the ground as Sumo and Smokestack direct your attention to a higher dimension. Are you ready? Stand by. Good morning. Everything is full of what? Gods. Gods. Oh boy. Everything is full of full of gods today. Hello. We're gonna get all schizo this morning early. 
Well, it's not schizo. It's uh, <clears throat> it's not it's not schizo so much as you might think. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I don't feel like people appreciate the level of professionalism I bring by doing that with the amount of feedback I have in my um audio equipment. You just you just cut through that distraction like a samurai. I just bam, just like most people could not speak with the level of feedback that I have at all times, much less see. You know, there's a different. There was a there's a timeline or an alternate universe. You know, if this was uh, Doctor Strange in the multiverse, uh-huh. which as an aside to this aside, uh, a multiverse that you can. Uh, travel between is just a universe with extra steps. It's annoying that they use the word multiverse because if you can go between it, it's still the same universe, right? So, anyway, <laughs> there's an alternate universe slightly near this one where I was in an uh, an early 2000s stop clamp hey indie band. Awesome, <clears throat> but I didn't work quite work out. But it was like almost there. Like there was, I was, I was like on the cusp maybe of being in something like Harvey Danger or Fleet Foxes. Oh yeah. That'd be good. You'd fit but, right in. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't I fit it right in? Yeah, man. I fit, fit in perfectly. That's your vibe. But instead I'm stuck here with you people <laughs> doing whatever this is. Uh, So... Yeah, but there is that there is that universe, and I cannot go to it because that's how alternate universes work. Uh, to be an alternate universe, you have to be causally, completely causally separated from the other universe. If you can go in between them, like if one, if even one character can travel between one and the other, or or one particle, it's the same universe. And that's that's why I don't. This is a big problem with Marvel movies, which I'm going to get into today. Um, so, so this is one of those shows, you know, I sometimes have shows where I don't have a completed thought, but I have a sort of a vague thought. We work through it together. Yeah. This is one of those. Cool. So I want you to see if you can, do you have a type, typey, uh, like word processor available? Uh, I have my show notes thing. I'm, I was going to okay. write show notes I'm during gonna, the show. I'm going to, I'm going to read some, uh, tell you some things. I want you to keep me honest and make sure we hit them all. Cause I think they're all connected. Okay. Hit list. All right. Fear-based liability shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, the demonic in the everyday. I can't type that fast. <sighs> You're not a secretary. <laughs> what the, are your words per minute? I don't know. I, I'm a terrible typer. Mm. Uh, okay. De- demonic in the everyday. The, the materialism shield. So we got the liability, the fear-based liability shield, yeah, and the yeah. materialism shield. Ma- oh, that's a separate one. Okay. Separate shield. Uh, the Holocaust trap. Hmm. All right, the Holocaust trap. What the Jews are really up to. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna think about that. Hmm. Uh, it, we're gonna ask: Is Christianity monotheistic? Oh boy. Hmm. Um, we're talking about panpsychism and the consciousness of leaves. Hello, the consciousness <laughs> of leaves. Yes, hello, everybody. I needed a rock today, but I don't have a rock, so I'm gonna talk about consciousness of leaves. You can talk about consciousness of 
rocks if you want to. Uh, I don't know. But today, uh, before we do, I, I went to, you know, I was in New Orleans this week. No. I was in New Orleans. And I went to a uh, voodoo shop. Oh, boy. You ever, you ever been to a voodoo shop? Mm-mm. And I walked in. And the woman there was this, like, uh, African Caribbean lady, right? And she was like a, she was like a, there was a, it was a, it was a voodoo shop slash museum. Okay. Right? You could buy things or you could pay for the museum and go in. And I thought, I want to go in the museum. So I went in the museum. And I first got to the counter and I looked at this woman and I was asking her some things about voodoo. And she started, she said, voodoo doesn't, you don't pick voodoo, voodoo picks you. Yeah. You know? And I looked at her and I said, You don't have any real spiritual power. Just sort of like that, you mm-hmm. know. Just sort of calmly. We were the only two in the store. And she she stared back at me and she said, I'm a voodoo witch. <laughs> I said. And I just there was a long pause between that those two lines. Mm-hmm. And I said, nah. I just sort of scoffed at her like that. Uh-huh. You know? And I said, can I go see the museum? And now she doesn't really like me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I've dissed her witch abilities. Yeah. But she, she also needs $10. So she says, reluctantly, she says yes. And I go back there, and there's a bunch of, you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you're familiar with voodoo. It's the same as every other witchcraft practice in the world, which is that it 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 operates on uh, mirrors and sex and um, masks and other various rituals mm-hmm. to invoke spirits. Okay, and they have all these signs up like, "Hey, um, there are this this there are spirits here, you know, and stuff." And I could feel a little bit of the spirits there. You know, like I would, you're not supposed to touch anything, but I would pick up like the skulls or whatever. And when you did, you'd feel a little bit like of maybe a little bit of a something in the room being like, hey, put me down. Don't touch that. It's mine. And when I pick it up, I'd go, shh, shut up. <laughs> and I'd sit it back down. Because right, I'm not afraid of no ghost. That's good. That's not the, that's the, I believe in the ghost, mm-hmm. but I'm not afraid of the ghost. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that they have any power over you unless you, you submit it to them. Seems like a pretty good place to land worldview wise. Right. And so when the, when the little, when the little spirits in the, in the room would, would tell me things, I'd be like, shh, it's like that audibly. And the other people in the, in the voodoo shop would Mm -hmm. look at me funny. Yeah. Because I'd pick up the thing you weren't supposed to pick up and I'd go, hush. And then I'd sit back down. And there was this, she would give you this piece of paper when you went in, right? Um, and she said, if you write down a wish on it, it will be part of our voodoo rituals and it will, we will try to make it come true for you. And so all throughout the museum and these various little dishes and idols and stuff are in incense bowls and, and whatnot. People have rolled up like bills, dollar bills. Mm-hmm. As I guess an offering, along with their paper wish that she's given them, right? And so I wasn't really as interested in what was going on with the voodoo stuff because it's all the same. Once you've seen it, once you've seen it all. Like if you've seen 
an Irish witch, you've seen a voodoo. It's the same thing. You know, they're the same species. Um, and all they're arguing about how they're not is just the narcissism, minor differences. But so what I was interested in is I would, un- I would went through and unrolled everybody's wishes. Oh, no. <laughs> just trying to read them. Because I wanted to know, like, what people are asking the spirits for. Okay. And yet again, yet again, I am, I am so, uh, black pilled, I guess you would say, <laughs> by people's lack of imagination. Did people just ask for money? <laughs> they just asked for the most generic things. Like, none of, like, one of them was like, or uh, almost all of them were some form of like, for a good life, like very, very general and vague. Okay. Good life. Or some people get slightly more specific and be like, help me with my good health or a good career. Mm -hmm. But it was just like good and then some noun. Okay. Like life, career. One one guy was very direct and he wrote good sex. Mm, It's like, well, at least that's something specific, like vaguely. But I was really hoping to find more like curses. Mm. Like I wanted someone to be like, please kill my aunt. Becky, or, uh, you know, I don't know, please make Tom's hair fall out or something. Please make, uh, you know, something, something a little nasty, right? But Mm -hmm. I didn't find any of that. And I unrolled maybe a thousand prayers to the voodoo gods. (laughs) I was there for like an hour just unrolling things. And she looked at me like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm investigating. You know, um, and I didn't see anything. And so I wrote on my little piece of paper, uh, a blue elephant by recording time. Right. Because I always like to be, I always like to give them a real challenge. Like when people are like, I have occult powers. Uh huh. I like to give it a specific where it cannot be attributed to anything else. Right. If it happens. And then a time frame. Mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not going to be like, a blue elephant at some point in my life. Right. Because I have to share this with the show. Right. And it didn't happen, obviously. <laughs> didn't have any, there's no, there was no blue elephant. Like I would have accepted a little figurine of a blue elephant that just came to me. Right. You know, or something, but there was nothing, nothing like that. Uh, they utterly failed. Um, the voodoo uh, spirits completely failed. Um, and so did this woman. And she just the, but the amount of people there that were sort of like, like, ooh and ah, mm-hmm. you know, and like were purchasing little charms and stuff. Like, I just, it was so ridiculous because I'm, I'm, I'm not superstitious. Although, you know, I, I have all this stuff I talk about on this show. There's a difference. And, I was like, this woman is taking chicken legs, like chicken feet, Mm -hmm. and painting fingernails on them so they vaguely look like distorted human hands, (laughs) and tying them to, like, hex feathers. (laughs) And then this is a market. (laughs) This is, and this is a market, and when you take that with, like, cryptocurrency, the idea that the economic idea that human beings are rational actors falls flat on its face. Mm, yeah. 
It's completely, and that's why the, that's why the economy never never works like they think it will. I wanted to get the lady to give me a crystal ball session, but uh, we, she wouldn't. You already dissed her. I already dissed her. That's true. But I wanted her to give a, a crystal ball session. Have you ever had a crystal ball session? Negative. It's this. It's it's almost all, now. There are a few actual psychics in the world mm-hmm. who can who can sort of who can read your mind or the future to some degree of that. I'm convinced most of them though are just experts at cold reading Mm -hmm. and or not even experts. They just read a book about cold reading one time and they do it. And I was fairly convinced that's all this woman was going to do. And I was going to laugh at her about it, you know? Yeah. But uh, I did feel like I felt, I felt like instantly when I walked in the store, I, I assessed her, uh, her, you know, the color of her aura. And I realized that if me and her met on the spiritual plane and did battle, it would be no contest. <laughs> and I think she knew that too. That's why she wouldn't give you a reading, yeah. That's why she wouldn't give me a reading. I think she knew that too. I think that I think that um every spirit in that store was sort of afraid when I was in there. Um <clears throat> so that's what's been going on with my life. That and my my uh, my neighbor had a, a kid living in his house for the past two weeks. He didn't know about. Well, that's an interesting situation. Yeah, it was one of those things where, like, you know, have you heard about the people who they like live in your attic and they and you don't know about them? I mean, I've heard stories like that. Yeah, I have heard stories like that too. But it happened to my neighbor, and that was that was that was crazy. Did he know there the was kid? Sixteen year old runaway kid. Who uh, had been living in the attic of his house for like two weeks. Whoa. And he didn't know. Uh, he was just trying not to be homeless, I guess. But, you know, he and his wife go out every day to do the work thing, mm-hmm. right? And so apparently this kid would come down and get just tiny amounts of things from the back of the fridge. <laughs> and, and eat them. And they didn't really notice. But it went, but anyway, this day, like two or three days ago, he came back for lunch in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. unusually, you know, and there was like a sandwich on the counter and he was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if, uh, you know, my wife, let's call her Sandy, uh, left the sandwich out, you know, and then that's not like her. And then he walked around and the TV was on. He's like, hmm, she doesn't watch TV in the morning. And then he heard the toilet flush upstairs. Uh-oh. And he was like, ah, hmm. So he went and got his gun. And he just sat at the bottom of the stairs with the gun pointed up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Because eventually this that's the only way down, right? If that person is. Now, I guess, suppose he could have gone back into the attic. But I think he didn't know that someone was there. And so in a few minutes, this... Uh, this just like 16-year-old kid just comes around the corner and, and screams because he has a gun pointed in his face. <laughs> and the guy's like, and the guy like gets his story and he's like, What are you doing? I could have shot you. You know? Like, what are you doing here? And so he told him, uh, okay, well, look, I'm gonna call the cops, so get your story straight. You know, and if you need me to tell you say anything, then I will within reason to help you with whatever you need. But you can't live in the attic. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm not sure where the where the where that kid is now. I'm not I haven't followed up on the story. 
But apparently that's uh, that's uh, a thing that uh, happens sometimes. I checked my attic now because it made me paranoid. Like, is there a, is there a, is there a, you know, a young uh, kid running around up in my attic or cellar? I don't know. I, I didn't see one, but who you can never be sure about such things. So this this is why you know every few years or however often you need to pay uh, a, a smart teenage person like fifty bucks to spend the afternoon trying to sneak into your house without being noticed. Oh, like um, get a like test. in the Pink Panther style. Yeah, you gotta like you gotta like mm-hmm. pen test your house. I I agree with you. I, I, I that was the best scene in the Pink Panther movies is when he would pay that guy to attack him at random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like that. We should all be doing that. I think most people's houses are very breakable into a bowl if you are trying to do so. Oh, dude, yes. Most people's houses, like a deadbolt on your house door, but when you also have that little window to the side of the door, mm-hmm. is the dumbest thing. Yeah. If someone wanted to get in, they just break the glass, reach in, and undo the deadbolt. Yeah. So wait, you gotta have a the key. Fact you that gotta that have doesn't a key. Happen proves that America is much safer and more high trust than people believe. Oh yeah, still is. Absolutely. It's still yeah. America is still like way more than Brazil or something, right? America is still for all of the people's concerns. Even the, the idea of our houses proves that people are pretty honest. Even the even the idea that our stores have just stuff on shelves where you can grab them and put them in a cart is. Oh, high trust yeah. society because otherwise everything would be behind the counter and a clerk well, a been, clerk would like I've bring been you to stuff. places where that's true yeah um as i've talked about on show before uh i have lived at previous times in life in portions of the united states where the black to white ratio was higher than it is in south africa mm-hmm. you know like i was the only black guy a white guy in town yeah and in many of those places, and again, I didn't get along well with black people. You know, you, we're very similar. Yeah. Uh, but it is true that in every place I was where there was um, almost like 100% them, mm-hmm. there, there was no Walmart. Mm-hmm. Because the Walmarts would open, and then in a few months, the Walmarts would close. Yeah. Because the Walmarts experienced people just running out of the front door. Well, whatever they had. And I don't blame the people for doing that. They were sticking it to the man. <laughs> you know? I don't. I don't. I, that's that's why I was like, yeah, man, I get it. Cool. You know? Because where where what other point in their life were they going to get a 90-inch LCD TV? Yeah. Never. But now they have one. And Walmart isn't hurting. So really... It's like Robin Hood, <laughs> right? I wasn't even, uh, I understand they're like, they didn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. They just, they were never going to get that big TV. Yeah. But now they have it. And also Walmart isn't hurt at all. So what was the harm? You know, I see their point now. Yes. Could, could that establishment and others like it, which have since closed, have employed people to eventually, over the span of years, get people more out of poverty? Sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a long-term project for people that aren't sure if they're going to be alive in five years. You know, that's... I mean, you can't expect people to think long-term when they're, like, worried about other stuff. Yeah. 
And then, but instead, they have a 90-inch TV and at the time, a PlayStation 2. And so they were good. What else did they need? You know? And so people do, that is, the that is there are places in America, parts of Oakland are like this. Uh, some parts in Appalachia are like this, where stores cannot open. And the architect, you have to have a big fence around your house. But most of America is fine and very high trust. Yeah. Ah, so... I just, sometimes I just like to say things to see how far uh, until like people at ACR start going, you know, <coughs> like, oh, can he say that? Like today we're going to talk about the Holocaust and Jews. <laughs> is this like the, the racism show that we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is the racism show. No, it's not. It's not a racism show. Uh-huh. It's not a racism show. Okay. Uh, we're not racist against black people. I'm just telling you an objective fact. When I lived around... In the places where there was no Walmart there. Now, was that because they're black? No. It was because of lots of factors. One of the factors being um, that they had a culture that did that. Yeah. But it was just, I want, I, because I, then later I worked for a company that installed audio equipment and we installed audio equipment in a, uh, like, church that took over the abandoned Walmart. Mm-hmm. And then five months later, I did it for a second church that took over where that church went in the Walmart because that church had to close because they got all its speakers stolen. <laughs> right? So I'm just telling you the, the objective facts of the matter. Sure. Right? I think those are called uh, hate uh, facts. Well, but see, it's not hate facts, though, because it also happens if you leave anything in your car in San Francisco, mm -hmm. it will get stolen and often by a white person. Yeah, yeah, true. It's not simply... It's not a race that it's just like there are areas where this sort of spirals mm -hmm. and no, you don't um, understand the rules. It's okay to talk about people stealing from your car in San Francisco, but you cannot say it about people in Chicago. It's different. Well, one is hate facts. One is regular facts, but I do understand the facts because the Jews are up to something. <laughs> I understand the rules. Okay. Right. The Jews. We're uh -huh. talking about what the Jews are up to. All right. All right. And this is something. So this is the fear-based liability shield, which is something that Owen talked about this week. So I listen to a bit of Owen. I listen to a bit of Peugeot. I listen to a bit of Lord of Spirits. Listen to a bit of uh, David Chalmers. And I was listening to them and I realized they were all sort of talking around the same subject, which is what I'm going to try to get to, although I haven't crystallized it yet. Okay. Um, but what the Jews are up to, here's the thing. The Holocaust is a trap, and I don't mean you get stuck there in the Auschwitz camp. Mm -hmm. I mean, people try to... Uh, so, so the Holocaust occurred, I think, mm -hmm. but I also believe it has been extremely politically warped for political purposes in the ensuing 80 years. Yeah, okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like, I don't think people were made into soap that <laughs> that's silly. It's hard to make people into soap. What about lampshades? But, but no, I don't think so. Like, because see, here's the thing. It's one thing to have a camp where you kill people. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not too difficult. Need some fences, a couple beds, like for in the in between you kill them, some guards, 
some bullets, yeah, or some starvation. Pretty standard. To make a lampshade, though, right? You need like a industrial setup. You have to really like the Nazis would have been had to have been like, hey, what if we made lampshades out of them, right? And then they and maybe some of them were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I love to read a book through the skin of a Jew, <laughs> right, or whatever. But then you'd have to be so dedicated to that idea mm-hmm. that you stunk that you thought this is a great idea for like a year and a half while you set up all the factory equipment to make that happen. We, all of us have ideas about things we might like that happen, right? But then you have to really, really think it's a good idea worth doing to go through the process of actually doing it. And think about the amount of steps involved in, in setting up a lampshade factory next to Auschwitz. Especially when your your economy is collapsing and government And you're in the middle of a war and you're like, hey, listen, we need wire makers to make a wire frame for lampshades. Right. Like, what? And a couple of tanners to make leather. Huh? And we need it to set up. I mean, that's a whole factory business you've got going there. You need, like, to be employing, like, 300 people with their machinery beside the out to make the people. And it wouldn't, like, no. And soap is even worse. Like, soap is so, de- I mean, the regulations on that, for, for one thing. <laughs> Can you imagine the red tape? I mean, the biological hazards you'd yeah. have to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, to make people into soap. Uh, that's a whole thing. So I don't, and, and this is why, but, but see, that's why those sorts of stories are why we still think of the Holocaust and we don't remember or even care about any of the other genocides in the world. Yeah. Like you can joke about the Rwandan genocide all day long. You know, you can, um, you know, like I heard someone call it the tutus, the toot toots. Because he said they were all, they 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 pooed themselves all the time. Oh no! While they were, you know, and no one cares. No one cares about the Rwandan genocides. No one cares Cambodia. about the Armenian genocide. Yeah. No one cares about any of them. Um, and and it's because, and you can just imagine the Rwandans being like. Why doesn't anyone care about us? Why are we so... We did all the killing and no one... We do not get any of the sympathy benefits. And the Jews are sitting there in the corner like, you gotta sell it, baby. You gotta sell it. Like, a movie. you gotta have piles of shoes. You know? And so they're just... they. It's it's this marketing campaign attached to a genocide. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, is this the fault of the Jews? No. Right? Is this the fault of the Jews? No. It's the fault of some Jews, but then other Jews circle the wagons around them out of fear forming a liability shield. But the thing is, everyone else does that too. So before we talk about what the Jews are up to, let's learn about what the Americans are up to. All right. The Americans are up to a lot of things. We're up to a lot of things, right? So, 9-11 happens, right? (laughs) Building fall. Okay? What becomes the collective mentality 
of the Americans after that happens? Um, fear all the time. Fear all the time and also revenge. Mm-hmm. And a complete disregard for any scope of measure or like appropriation appropriation in response. Or what or what our society is gonna look like when all this is done. Right. And so after it came to light that we not only um were doing all the things we were doing, but we had like Abu Ghraib and uh we had Gitmo. And we had all these places where we were doing torture to people. Horrible, horrible things, right? Most of which, um, a lot of those people had no evidence that they were terrorists. They were just, they were just, maybe they were Muslim in the wrong place. Um, what did people say that? Well, listen, listen, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, you know? And if that's what it takes to secure our freedom, I mean, look, there's casualties in war. You know, accidents happen. You can't have a war without innocents getting hurt, you know? And and I would, and, and we need to, and it would eventually spiral to the point where they were being like, and if we have to nuke Baghdad <laughs> to save one American life, then it's worth it. And people really said such things uh, frequently. And what happened is, now, you see all that happening, right? And you're a guy in Iraq, you're an Iraqi, or you're an Afghani. And you see American vehicles and planes and soldiers with American flags on them, bombing your country, blowing it up, shooting people. And you say, why are they doing this? And you go, because of Osama bin Laden. And then all of them, like 99% of all of them in the country go, who? Yeah. <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Exactly. What is that? <laughs> is, that a, is that a country? What? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right? And they go, no, because of 9-11. And they go, what is, what? I heard goats. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't have a TV. And they say, oh, some buildings, some people flew planes into their buildings Mm -hmm. and they fell down. And they go, really? That's horrible. And you go, yeah. Were these people Iraqis? Yeah. They go, were these people? No, they weren't Iraqis at all. (laughs) Well, no, what they would say is like, well, that sucks that Iraqis did that. But that's like a couple of crazy Iraqis. We didn't do that. They go, oh, well, they weren't even Iraqis, though. Yeah. (laughs) They go, oh. They were Saudis. Yeah. And one of them them worked for the CIA for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And and Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset. And they go, what's a CIA? (laughs) They have no idea. (laughs) Now, you take that guy and you show him all these things, and then you can very easily understand how they could be sold on the idea that America is the great Satan. Yeah. Right? Because they... Imagine if... Just imagine if 14 American guys went to um, China and committed a giant terrorist act. Mm -hmm. And then China was like, all Americans deserve punishment. Mm -hmm. People over here would rightfully be like, what? We didn't have anything to do with that. Now, 
as the Iraqi just noted, they weren't even Iraqis. Right. So it's a level of absurdity beyond that. But so those people could very easily be sold on the idea that America is the great Satan. Now, does that mean that everyone in America is satanic? No. Right. But all of the fear following 9-11, where they're like, they hate us for our freedoms. They're going to come over here. They're going to blow you up when you go to Walmart. You go to the movie theater. They're going to gun you down. There's going to be a suicide vest at your kid's school. All of the fear and the fear and the fear. What happened is evil people like Bush and McCain and so forth and so on did their evil things. And then out of fear like and tribal identity, America rallied around its worst elements to protect them because they felt if we don't, the terrorists are going to win. The terrorists mm-hmm. are going to get us again. And so all the horrible things that we did, that America did, um, people rallied around and defended. Like, we have to have Gitmo because otherwise there's going to be another 9-11. Right? And so all of these horrible things. And that is the same spell. And it is a spell. It's a magic spell. It's a trick. It's an illusion. That the Jews are under with the Holocaust. Because a lot of, most Jews really believe and are terrified of being turned into soap. Yeah. As wild as that sounds, right? They think, they really believe that a substantial portion of the world populace is secretly a Nazi. They don't proclaim so openly. But secretly is a Nazi, just like Americans thought all the Muslims were secretly terrorists, right? For like... a. 20 years Mm -hmm. and and still Um, they secretly believe that, that most of them are that they're secretly Nazis and that they, and that like, I don't know, 30% of the population at any given time would be in favor of turning them into soap. If only they got the opportunity. And so when someone like George Soros gets up in the world forum and does horrific things, they rally around him because they think, well, if we don't all stick together, we're going to be turned into soap. And when someone like uh, Spielberg, who's who who there's pretty, you could make a good case that he's a pedophile. Yeah. And has done so in his, and has made it pretty explicit in his movies that he's, for, they rally around that. And they rally around uh, the other Jew in wine in uh, in Hollywood that forces actresses to watch him masturbate into a ficus plant, <laughs> right? Which is what Weinstein did. He did that. Yeah, that was his whole thing. Oh man! And they and they protect their worst elements out of fear that if they don't stick together in their tribal identity, they will be turned into soap. But see, that's the thing. And people say, and you bring this up and people are like, are you anti-Semitic? And you're like, no, this is a human trait that everybody does. The Americans, the Americans arguably do this worse. I mean, the Amer- what the Americans have been up to in the Middle East is far worse than what the Jews have been up to in the Middle East recently. Now they do work together, right? But this is the same reason that a lot of Jews like work for the ADL and these things where they, they ostensibly care about minority rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, but then they turn a complete blind eye 
to the treatment of the Palestinians in Israel. Mm-hmm. Like, which is, uh, it's it's pretty bad. It can get pretty bad, you know? And they do this because out of that same issue, like, well, if we don't stick together, they're going to turn us into soap or blow. And that's the same thing the Americans did uh, over terrorism. It's the same thing black people do. Mm-hmm. Black people, black people routinely. This is why that. This is why the culture, in so many parts of Black America, of running into a Walmart and stealing things, can flourish because the black people are afraid to criticize their own out of a fear of if we don't stick together, the white people are going to lynch us. Yeah, it's the same spell operating on everybody, at all different levels. And so there is no people because this is my big thing with with white people talking about how black people don't talk about how like what about black on black crime and the black people ignore that mm-hmm. and just focus on like the, the times then white cops shoot black people which is a valid point but my point is well yeah but what about you not calling out the fact uh, a Gitmo yeah or blowing up the Middle East for no reason it's the same thing right and people are blind to the fact they're blind to the the times when they do it they they see it in everybody else but they don't see it in themselves gay people do this as well gay people are like this is this is a big part of the whole lgbt thing around abortion is they feel like like a lot of gay people if you ask them privately are against abortion mm-hmm. they, they think it's wrong a lot of people are but they say well but if they if they don't if we give any if we give any ground on sexual morality laws then eventually I'm going to be put a, given a gold triangle on my, gold star or pink triangle or whatever they gave the, and put into a camp you know it's the same fear if I don't rally around the worst elements of my tribe and protect them in a liability shield then I'll be gotten because if they divide us, they conquer us. Right? Mm-hmm. And that fear, which is in almost every case an illusion, it's not real, enables almost all of the worst things in the world to happen. And so when people talk about the Jews, the Jews are up to something. What they're up to in Israel is a big something. And it can be argued it's very unjust what they do to the Palestinians. And uh, what some of them are up to here, although as I've said before, a lot of them are not actually Jews. They just claim that moniker to get the Jews to rally around them and, and be like, "Don't, don't criticize him," you know, like, like so many um, people that run companies claim to be Jews, and I, they are not, in my opinion, but they just do that to take advantage of this very phenomenon. Mm-hmm. They're not dumb people; they understand this principle. And so the Jews are up to something, but the Americans are up to something too. And so are black Americans. And so are the gays and everyone's up to the same fear based liability shield. And if you remember how we talked about consent uh, harvesting on one show, this is like guilt harvesting. It's a similar mechanism, but slightly different because you, you, you give your, not consent, but assent to whatever evils your group is doing. And so therefore you join into it a little bit. 
Like, ah, Gitmo, yeah, we need Gitmo. Definitely. You know? And then it's a little bit your fault. Not much, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. You do become part of the great Satan. You're at least not going to, you're not going to do anything to oppose it. Right. Right. And so this is, this is a, this is a, this is, but this is why like people, you have to point it out. You have to see it in yourself so that you can point it out in other people. Like if you just come on and you're like, the Jews are doing this and this and this, you may be saying true, like what they're doing in in Palestine is, but it is perceived as just you hating the Jews. Right. Which isn't fair, but it is fair. Because you are ignore, you're being a hypocrite, and you don't see that in your own people group, right? But but everybody's doing this, and everyone should stop, <laughs> because that's how the that's how the world spirals into hell very rapidly. You just have to be like, no, that isn't right. We're not going to do that, and not be afraid of like being attacked. Everyone's fear of attack because you have. So here's where we get into the other parts. This is where it's connected. Okay, so, so, inside of you are all sorts of personalities. And they come out in different times in different ways. Like, we all have uh, different desires, different, um, I mean, you, know, you, you just imagine how different you act with one group of people than another friend group. You know, uh, some people are not very different, but mm-hmm. a, a lot of people are very different. There's different in-jokes, yeah. different behaviors different cultural references, right? Inside of you, there's all sorts of different little personalities. And one of the personalities is that is like you have the desire and, and personalities and desires. Like you have a desire for food, you have a desire for sex, you have a desire for safety, you have a desire for self-protection. And if these things are not ordered properly, one comes to dominate the other. And so what is happening in this scenario is that the desire for self-protection is inflamed beyond reason mm-hmm. and is and is stomping on the other desires in you to like be an honest and good person right and that enables the jews to be up to something and the americans to be up to something and the blacks to be up to something, and everybody to be up to something in that way that's how these guilt-based uh liability shields work guilt farming consent farming <clears throat> that's how that all functions but to properly see that and to understand why why because some libertarians will be like well then the answer is we don't have any identity tribal identities at all right and a lot of people say this like we're all just people however that is not actually possible larger collective identities are an inevitability and they must be so right and to understand this, and, and understanding this actually helps you understand the Bible and the ancient worldview uh, tremendously well. Because, because, right, uh, here's the thing you have to get past. If you really want to understand the world and how the universe works, you have to get past the idea that you are contained to your body. Right. So if someone can leave it, someone can send us an email and we can interact with that email. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can answer, answer it and respond. And we are actually interacting with that person. 
even though they are not physically here. We're interacting with an extension of their being that is non-physical, that extends out beyond their person into the, into the ether. And that's true in so many ways. Like my voice right now, if you're hearing it, I'm not physically in the room with you. And yet, in a sense, I actually am. Because my voice is coming through. You're hearing my personality. You're hearing my thoughts. You're hearing my opinions. And so I'm actually there with you, although my physical body is nowhere to be seen. Uh, Same was true of photos, works of art that you make. Um, The same is true in, in the marks you leave upon the landscape. Like if someone builds a house... A bit of his being is in that structure and his choices. And, his, and so he's extending out into the world, right? And this is true in profound ways that most people are not even really aware of. And it's difficult to say who's per, who, which person has the largest extended being or what they, make, or what they call in Tibetan Buddhism your subtle body. Mm-hmm. But this isn't strictly a, this is not by any means a strictly Buddhist idea. Um, another way that this happens is through the impressions you make on other people. So if you have friends, uh, you will probably notice a thing happen in both ways. If you spend a lot of time with someone, you will notice that you begin to pick up some of their little tics and habits, some of the little mannerisms, and they will pick up yours. And so they're imprinting a piece of themselves on you, and then you're going forth into the world And that piece of them is traveling with you and vice versa. That happens in a deeper way with your biological relatives, with your children. Mm -hmm. Because they are a piece of you in a very literal way. It's a piece of your being extending out from you. They they not they do imprint your behaviors just like your friends do. Sometimes you see that like sort of shocking ways. Like every now and then, uh, you'll see. Like I, I've seen one of my kids display a behavior from one of their grandparents, you know. And it's just in that moment, like there's this little mannerism, this little tilt of the head, and the and I say, and I just you see that oh, that's the grandma in there, because they've just been around them their whole lives. Yeah, they picked up that, you know. And you just in that moment, you're like, oh, that was that was grandma so and so. That wasn't you, right? Um, and so they do do that just like anyone else does you spend a lot of time with, but they also carry aspects of you, genetic aspects, personality aspects into the world. And in some ways they're a crystallization of different parts of you. Not necessarily always the best parts, by the way, you can have kids who inherit one of the worser traits of you and magnify it, Right. Or one of your better ones and magnify it. And so that, that, that those go out into the world. And that's why Jesus makes this strange statement. You remember the story about um, the rich man and Lazarus? Mm-hmm. So there's the story Jesus tells about a rich man and the poor man named Lazarus. And the rich man um, doesn't help the poor man at his gate, Lazarus, and they both die. And the rich man goes to suffering. And Lazarus... Doesn't go to heaven. Jesus doesn't say heaven. He doesn't say paradise. He says, to the bosom of Abraham. Which is a weird statement. You know, I don't, I mean, at first glance, I don't know if I want to go to the Abraham's bosom. (laughs) That's strange. 
But what that is, is it's a return because that man, in the ancient way of thinking, they were both, they were both Israelites, children of Israel, who was a child of Abraham. And so they were returning, they were, they were extensions of Abraham, and they were being gathered back to their original source in death. Their, their souls are gathered back to Abraham, to the heart of Abraham, the bosom from whence they came. Which is why people were identified as their lineage group. Like an Israelite was a child of Israel. And someone from the tribe of Asher was a, tri- was a, was a descendant of Asher. And this is how most of the world, until very recently, conceived of itself. Yeah. It's as some lineage of some, some patriarch far, far in the past. Just extensions of that person into the present. In fact, like many times in the Bible and other ancient literature, when two nations go to war, they don't say, and the kingdom of uh, Jacob went against the kingdom of uh, Jerubbabel. Mm-hmm. They just say, Jacob went to war against Jerubbabel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's this, it's an extension of this. Those people are still alive. Their being exists although in a less contained way than it does when their physical body is present, right? And so you're not as contained as you think you are, A, but also neither is anything else. Like um, a, a tree, for example, is not nearly as contained as you might imagine, nor is a rock. Like Pajot gives this great example of a, like, like when we were talking, I like remember we did that show on how Santa Claus is real. Mm-hmm. Peugeot did it. Peugeot, Peugeot uh, talks about that too, and how the tooth fairy is real. The tooth fairy exists. The Santa Claus exists. It just doesn't exist in the same way. If it didn't, if Santa Claus didn't exist, we wouldn't know what he looks like. We wouldn't be able to to see him in stores come Christmas time. You wouldn't be able to write him letters and have him answer you. Of course, he exists. He just exists in a different way, and people will say. Just like they'll say to this, they'll say say to what I'm saying here, they'll say, well, Santa Claus exists as an idea. As an idea. But that isn't correct. It's not, he exists is more than, he exists as an independent of an idea. And that sounds strange at first, but, and, and it's like understandable why people would think that. But like, okay, if he's just an idea then how does he respond to you if you write him a letter? If it's just an idea, how does he, how do you know what he looks like? How do you know his clothes? How have you heard his voice? If he's just an idea, right? And, the, and, and so they think, oh, well, he doesn't exist in the same way a rock does, which is, this is part of our, this is part of the materialism shield I'm going to get to in a little bit. Um, a rock but see, here's the thing. Even a rock exists as an idea. Like, what is the difference, objectively, between a rock and a pebble and a mountain? Uh, size? Right, but where's the line between them? Oh, man. Right, that's yeah. sort of an idea. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that you couldn't consider them all the same thing. Of different, Like, so the rock itself exists as an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, first and foremost. Because all these things we talk about existing are, are categories in our heads b- before they're anything else. And so 
this tri- this these identities, these larger tribal identities must occur and they always will because you actually are extensions of other people. And you feel that innately. Now, I believe, and I've made the case before, I think at least on the Gumroad Show, that people get confused about who they are. But nonetheless, the knowledge that they are part of a larger thing can never be stripped away. So you could tell them, like, like I think the whole classification of being white is dumb. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole classification of being black is dumb. Here's, the, here's a thought experiment. It takes about two generations for someone's skin pigment to change. So let's say you are a black person. You marry and have a child with a white person. And that child comes out, you know, mixed. Mm-hmm. And then that person marries another white person. That child will come out extremely... There'll be a little bit of features there, but mm-hmm. it's getting pretty Caucasian. If you do one more, that's basically undecipherable. Okay. You know? Okay. So two or three generations, you've gone from black to white, or you can go vice versa. And so if you, now, if you, if you subscribe to the normal way of thinking about things, you, you outgroup your own grandchildren. You outgroup your own grandchildren. Exactly. So how is it that I can have the same grandfather or great grandfather as one guy? Mm-hmm. But yet we're two different groups because of our skin tone. Like he has more in common with black people in general, rather than me who have the same direct lineage. Well, I think that's that's kind of how that that's a result of Darwinist materialist thinking. Right. A hundred percent it is. Yeah. Because they only see the material. I mean, that, that see... idea just blew up blew up so many good things in the world and replaced them with crap. Replaced them, yeah, replaced them with a crap version. Because that is a materialist paradigm. The idea that you are, you can just look at your material exterior uh, trappings and say, this is your group. That's not even remotely close to accurate. And that's why there's so many problems with race relations is because, one... People don't understand that it's a necessity and they think you can just do away with it. But two, people are all grouped up all wrong. Like, like as I've mentioned before, like in, in the Bible, like the, the Israelites were probably multiracial because, you know, there was a but like. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that but they consider themselves by our term of the of race, but they consider themselves one race. Right. Right. Because they were a, a race meant the same as like a lineage, a genetic line, or a, a bloodline, really. And so that sort of thinking, like the idea that I'm part of the same bloodline as Vladimir Putin just because we have the same skin tone is ridiculous. Right. It's it's totally incoherent. And what and what you said about the whole fear based liability shield concept. Uh-huh. The fear is what makes people accept these crap, dysfunctional ways of of identity. Like, yes, white and black and red and yellow are 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 really kind of crappy ways for human beings to understand who they are and have yeah, like a, the, an identity the on the earth. Resolution and understanding possible. Yeah, and and it doesn't. You have you you have very little. Like one other person who just happens to be in that same category with you. Odds are you have very little way to actually relate to them. 
And so the only thing that can squish you together in these in these huge groups with with so much not in common is by making you all afraid of the same thing. Yes. And so it's like the fear holds that whole system together. Yeah, like like speaking of New Orleans again, the idea that I would be in the same group as a French person is appalling. <laughs> I mean, I never want to be in a room with a French person. Much less in their same group. Right? Um, and that and, and is that because my uh, a significant portion of my ancestors are from the British Isles and or Germany? And so France is our historic enemy? Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. But nonetheless, right? The idea that I'm the same as them just for that reason is crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't like much, I just personally, like, I don't hate it, but mm-hmm. most of the French mannerisms, I, I don't enjoy. I don't think that their architecture is great. I don't like their food very much and all of this, right? It's just, and they don't bathe, even now, when they have access to water. They just choose not to. So, but, um, where was I? What well, was I, I just, talking about? The thought crept into my mind is that if you go if if you go to certain places in the country and just pick someone at random and you say tell me about your identity they'll in most cases they'll probably tell you something about their race or their sexual proclivities and you know or and maybe maybe their religion mm-hmm. which i would say is one of the higher ways to identify yourself um but if you go to like Someone in the Rothschild family, and you say, "Tell me about your identity." The first thing out of their mouth will be, "I am a Rothschild." Right. Which is like, so they don't why they run the world. Right. They don't think they don't they don't accept this materialist human division framing system. Like they don't they don't think that way. Right. Just pointing that out. And all all of the richest families in the world do that. Yeah. Like. The wasps, the wasp families in New England will tell you about their family lineage before they tell you about being white every day yeah. of the week. Hundred percent because that because it actually they actually know who they're coming from, and that's that gives you a lot more um, power in the world because you're not an isolated and you're you have an extension beyond yourself. Right, and, and it's like there's some value in it because I can't just I can't just go to another white person and say, hey. I'm white and you're white. You owe me favorable treatment. And if I'm in trouble, you owe me some help. That will get you zero. And really, uh, for black yeah. people, it doesn't get them much either. Right. You know, when when it comes down to like, we need to work together, appealing to your your racial identity in the modern term, uh, definition of the term racial, uh, is is a very low value. But if I go to somebody who's in my family, if I went to my father or my uncle and said, hey, you know, our family's in trouble. We got to band together and do something about this. If I can make a decent case, there's a very high likelihood that we're going to work together and figure out whatever the problem is or or we're going to we're going to show each other favor. We're going to do business with each other's companies or whatever, like whatever. It's actually going to amount to something valuable. But then when people frame their whole life about the, around this racial identity, they get nothing for it. And so that's why it requires the fear to hold the whole system together. Like it's the fear that, that makes you choose your race over 
your family, just for example. Right. And that's why the most, and all of this stuff is fear-based, which is why the most oft-repeated line in the Bible is don't fear. Mm. And the faith is the opposite of fear. Like, because you can't fall for these traps except for fear. You cannot fall, but that is what enables all of it to happen. Okay, so, so, now we ask the question, is Christianity actually a monotheistic religion? Bum, 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 ba dum bum, ba dum bum, is it? Uh, I would say that monotheism and polytheism are not good categories for what Christianity is. It doesn't fall in there. And people get a little scandalized by that. But if you just think it through for a minute. So, first of all, it's really... And this is and this is why this has been so much cannon fodder, especially when I was fighting the, the new atheist for so long. They would bring this up all the time. They'd be like, "Well, you know, in like Genesis, God talks about how we create stuff, and the word used there in the Bible is uh, Elohim, mm-hmm. right? Which means it's a plural, and it means the powerful ones." Mm-hmm. So when it says, when it's translated, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The actual, like, more literal translation is, in the beginning, the powerful ones created the heavens and the earth. Very plural, very sounding of 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 multiple gods, right? Very polytheistic. And that language is used all throughout the Old Testament, up and down. Now, it's also intermixed with singular forms. It's also inter- intermixed with talking about a very definite form of God named Yahweh, like a singular thing. It's intermixed with calling spirits, which don't seem to be um, very powerful, like the ghost of Samuel, who comes up as called an Elohim. He seems like a singular one, but he's used as a plural. All these strange anomalies. But nonetheless, you can't get away from the fact that in the, in the, earliest, ver- in the earliest texts, there seems to be this um, emphasis on a plural form of deity, deity, right? And so people will read this, and 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 new atheists will be like, "Your religion is all wrong. They just, it's not what you think it is. They started off believing in multiple gods, and now you just have the one, and it's it's been garbled and grabbled, and there's all this noise, and you don't even know." That what you're what you're saying doesn't even match the old things, and it's all made up, and yada yada yada. It's like Egypt warmed over, and all the stuff they would say, right? And uh, I battled that for a long time, and the there's several answers that people will give. One is understandable but misguided, which is where they try to identify this plural we with the Trinity idea, but it's not really the same. Um. And, and 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 so much of this is because during the after the enlightenment um the age of enlightenment all f- biblical translations that were made have been made to sort of not wrong but choices have been made to make it more palatable to the modern mind for instance 
In the creation narrative in Genesis, it says straight out, and God made sea monsters. Now, we just say that as creatures of the sea, Mm -hmm. right? But it says sea monsters. That's a, it's like, wow. And we just say, eh, that seems a little weird. Like, I don't, because people were like, I don't want to go to the fancy dinner party and talk about sea monsters. (laughs) People think I'm weird. I need to fit into polite society. And so they've tried to make their religion seem more modern and hip and palatable. Right. And they try to take away this, this, the weirdness from it. Another great example is like when it talks about the scapegoat and how the they would sacrifice the scapegoat for the sins of the people. Uh, it's translated as scapegoat or goat, like they put the sins on the goat. But the actual word is Aziraphale, which is, so they put the sins on Aziraphale and send him out into the desert and slaughter him. And Aziraphale is one of the demons who came, one of the Enochian entities who comes down in the book of Enoch and has intercourse with people in order to, in exchange for technology, and is bound beneath the earth until the end of time for his punishment. So, if you actually read the untranslated they say, and they put the sins on Aziraphale, and then you're like, but then you pick up your King James Bible, or your Catholic Bible, and it says, and they put the sins on a goat. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Now, it was a goat, right? But symbolically, ritualistically, it was a, it was a demon locked underneath the earth forever and ever until the end of time. And so all this weirdness in the Bible has been sort of whitewashed um, away. And these translations we've made to sort of make where all these plurals are, it survives in a few places where it says, let us let us make man in our own image. Is one survives in a few places, but mostly all of these plural forms have been translated as singular and uh, just God and whatever. And this leads to a bunch of weirdness. Like there's a book out now called um, something uh, out of Eden or blah, 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 by this guy who is, who has ran with this fact and is claiming that the, uh, Creator gods in Genesis and in Babylonian tales are actually extraterrestrials <laughs> who you see and it goes on to all these weird new agey places and these UFO places, right? Right. A very popular stance that a lot of people take. Um, but, and this is a problem because Christianity has lost its knowledge of what it actually thinks. And this is why neo-paganism is on the rise and why you have sympathy for neo-pagans because they understand that there is actually a multitude of spirits in the world. There's a, there's a huge, as Thales said, Thales is the first philosopher. He preceded Socrates by many years. The first philosopher we, we have a record of in ancient Greece. We only have fragments of his statements, right? Most of his stuff is lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said such great things as the way up is the way down which is very true. Uh, You can never step in the same river twice. Again, nailed it. Uh, And his most famous, everything is full of gods, right? Because he understood panpsychism. And panpsychism is the Western term 
for uh, not quite animism, but this idea that the whole everything has a consciousness. And the consciousness is pervasive throughout the universe. And we have... Are you familiar? I'm, I'm going to butcher his name. It's a French name, you know, which is part of my ethnic um, hatred to butcher on purpose <laughs> and to not learn how to pronounce properly. That's racist. Right. Um, René Guérin. Guérin, I think. Guénon. I forget. Guénon. Guénon. Yeah, René Guénon. Mm -hmm. so the thing is, I only read these people. I don't listen to the names being said ever. So I have to just sort of make them up myself, how they're pronounced. Yeah. René Guénon. Uh, he 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 was a he was a French occultist uh, for a while, and then he became a traditionalist, and eventually converted to Islam. And he wrote a bunch of uh, interesting things. Some of it is like meh, some of it's I think flat out wrong, some of it's really good. And one of the things he wrote is that material. He had a theory that materialism, following the Enlightenment, was a shield against the world of the spirits. Mm hmm. And that it worked. It works. Like, used to, man, used to see little gnomes and fairies behind every bush. And gin and kami everywhere. Right? And that they were dangerous. And you had to work with it. And you had to appease them. And, like, all these things. Yeah. Um, or they might get you. But then we constructed a worldview to shut those out. And it succeeded. And it also did, as a side effect... Shut out things like the miraculous mm. and people's spiritual abilities <clears throat> and spiritual gifts. Well, that, that's that's the source of the whole movement to sort of demiraculize, to take all the miracles yeah. out of Christianity. Yeah. And like reframe movement. everything to make it materialistic, uh, philosophical sort of uh, worldview rather than a spiritual religion and truth. Yes. Exactly. Materialism was was taking a was was being like Oedipus and blinding our own eyes, eyes our spiritual eyes, so we could no longer see all these things around us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it succeeded, right? But uh, Rene said that materialism had built a wall around us, but that, that wall would not hold forever because it's not. Because the forces outside of it are too great. And so for a while, like in the 17th century and the 18th century, they, they didn't believe in any spirits at all. Like, like people in the 1800s were more materialistic than you or I today. Now, they just put a little bracket around God and Jesus because that was their religion. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, well, these spirits are okay. And then we'll think about them, I guess. But the rest of them is all nonsense. And so that's where this modern idea of like, because they wanted to maintain their religion and their um, ability to like have an afterlife and everything, but get rid of all the spiritual stuff also. They wanted both things. So they worked out this little truce. They said, okay, we'll put, we'll put Jesus in a little bracket here. You can think about him, but all the other supernatural stuff is hokum and hooey and just fade away. And so modern Christianity has come from that legacy to view things like, well, it's me and God. And that's what monotheism is. Uh, there's God up in heaven and there's me down here and uh, and us. And then, yeah, here we are, you know, and that is so anomalous to how people before that would have conceived of the world that it's hard to describe. Because what Renee said is uh, the, the wall will break 
But when it breaks, it will break at the bottom first. And all of the lower spirits will come up through first. Before man again has access to the higher ones. And I think that we're seeing that exactly so. Right now, the dam of materialism is bursting. And it's bursting from the bottom. And all of the most wicked and evil spirits are are coming up. Yeah, that, that's where first. you get things like transgender children having mutilating yes. surgeries. That's that's where that yeah. is coming from. Because this is not the, the, what we're going through now is not anomalous at all. All of these weird sexual pra- people did such weird things. Like like in the Voodoo Museum, they had all these paintings of these weird sex practices. People did such weird things to try and invoke spirits in the past. Mm-hmm. It is mind boggling. Um, and so all this stuff that people are doing now is is by no means historically unprecedented. Um, it's just we're not used to it because we had we were living in a in a world where we were shielded from the spiritual realms that is now falling apart. And so um, the. And so a lot, and so that in mind, like a lot of these new atheist people and people today would be like, well, so the religion is hokum because there's all this, you know, but the actual view, which the ancient people held now, Jews no longer think this in reaction to Christianity. Same with Islam. Judaism and Islam went into true monotheism where there's only really God in heaven and yeah, there's an angel maybe somewhere, but mm-hmm. we don't really think about it. And in reaction to um, the Christian worldview, which was the same as the the more ancient worldview, which is that, yes, you're here, and yes, there is in the highest of highest of highs, God. But in between there and you is a, me- is a myriad of mediating spirits. And it calls them gods. And you can call them gods now if you want to. It's fine. That's a biblical language. Um, in fact, Jesus himself uses this term about us. He says, has it not written that you are gods? Talks about us that way. Um, and so, the uh, they're, they're, and that's because when you have this idea of consciousness, consciousnesses must if you, if you think about it for a minute, your consciousnesses must stack up. They have to stack up. And so as they stack up in higher and higher collectives, they form what is essentially a principality or power or all these things that are referred to as angels. Like you are the, and here's a, here's a good way to help you with your conceiving of, of marriage and stuff. Like a lot of people, they read like the man is the head of the household and they think, oh, that means I need to be dominating my wife and like beating her down and stuff. Uh, that is referring to the man as the principality of the household. And a principality is the principle which binds the unity together. So, like a, you might consider America is held together by the principle of Jeffersonian democracy. Mm-hmm. That's what unites us all is like a thing. And so regardless of who the leader is, regardless of what the laws particularly are, regardless of the situation, that principle, a principality is just a principle 
that holds us holds a unit a, a larger unit together like your own person i can look at you and i can say how oh i can look at you tom and i can say uh oh yeah and i can say you and refer to your whole but even though inside of you like we said there are all these various wills desires um urges personalities all sort of inside you they are nonetheless self-contained they stack up to a person to a you right and that is how everything uh, operates and as you get larger and larger these consciousnesses stack up to form larger and larger um intelligences which operate in the universe and that's why I think you can see this first if you go smaller. If you if, like, people are like, "Oh, well, like that's not true." But, but like, one as I said, you can see the multiple personalities that exist within yourself. But also, if you're outside yourself, if you go down to like a rock or a leaf, uh, if you if you think about it, like the like if you look at a if you look at a little um, seed, like take a dandelion seed, right? You know, the little things that when you blow on them, they yeah. make little umbrellas and fly around. Mm-hmm. Um, is Does that have a will? Does that have a desire? It's at least got a purpose. Yeah. And they move around, too. They have locomotion. And they go places. Now, you might say, oh, well, this is the wind pushing them around. But that's the same as just saying, oh, it's just your legs pushing you around. They've... What they do is they use the that is their purpose. That's like what they're do. That's how they chose to move. Well, yeah, it's like you're you're separating the thing from the thing that moves it to to turn it into a inanimate object. But exactly. all that's predicated upon how you divide up reality. Exactly, which is how materialism works. Is it divide like a leaf blowing across the yard? It's it, like it's designed that way to catch the wind. It's supposed to move around. Well, it's it's like if you if you divide a human being up into you know cells and molecules just bumping into each other and reacting with each other, then you 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 could say that you know oh does the human being have a purpose? Does it have a consciousness or a will? No, it's just they do the same Which thing. Is what to us. stupid Daniel Dennett does? Yeah, the, the, and I the thing him. they did to the dandelion seed in the wind, they do to the human being. Which is why you can you can you can make the case under this rubric that a fetus is just a clump of cells, right? Yeah, because there's no unifying principle. It denies all of these things, but they operate nonetheless, and and they vie. For, and here's the thing: here's what the demonic is. The demonic is when they vie to be for attention outside of their place, which is how, as we said earlier, nations fall under these spells of being up to something, like the self defense one which is valid, gets inflamed, mm-hmm. right? And so you can think of how the desire for sex gets inflamed and, and makes people do things they should not do, like cheat on their partner or watch pornography, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, like think about it if you're trying to diet or if you have a, 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 a troublesome child. Mm-hmm. Okay, the same, it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the same exact thing. And it's at every level. It's also, if you have a troublesome element of your population, it's also, if you have a troublesome species, it's this, it's all, everything is everything. Okay. So if you, uh, you're trying to diet, uh, and you see, uh, 
um, I don't know, cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Okay. You see the cheesecake and you're like, you on some level, no, I don't want that. I'm not really even hungry. I don't want it. Um, I just shouldn't have it. And yet your belly's like, feed me the cheesecake. <laughs> it's another part of you, right? There's a conflicting desires, conflicting wills, conflicting personalities inside you that are arguing about what should happen and which should predominate. And you can do one of two things, or or maybe you can't, depending on how strong your will is. You can force your stomach to submit to the higher principle. And if you do that enough times, it will fall into line and you will become a healthier person. Like everything will get better. You become better looking, you get thinner, you get healthier, right? Or you can eat eat the cake. And both of those will silence the little the little demon that vying for your attention in the moment. I think there's something important to point out here with this example, which is I think a great one. Um, is that the the this is the Pajot example, by the way. It's a great one. It is a great Continue. one. Um, the the desire to lose weight is also not uh, a right organizing principle that you can submit your stomach to successfully. Like there, right. there has uh-huh. to be something yes. bigger than that. Like there has to be the whole person. Yeah, like you have if you have to be desire, trying like to be you, the whole person. If the desire to lose weight gets out of hand, mm-hmm. then you become uh, anorexic. Right. It's that's not the ultimate one either, right? But so you, so these things they vie for you. So so you can all these little, all these little personalities which you know, are not your heart, are not who you really should be and are your center, your heart and and Christ in you is the same. Like if it's not submitted to your heart, to Christ in you, then it's not, but they'll vie for your attention anyway. The little demons, little, little, that's really what they are. Little gods that'll do that have a will, they have a personality and they want to be predominant. And so you can appease them by eating the cake, but that's a dangerous game because you know it'll work for now, and maybe that's what you got to do sometimes. You know, you're busy, you got a lot going on. I don't have to. I don't have the willpower to do the diet today. Eat the cake. Shut up, little gremlin, for a minute while I do my work. Right. Uh, but it's going to come back because you appeased it. Just like if you feed a wild animal, it'll come back. Everything is everything. Right. It becomes less wild. It becomes. And just like if you have a child that demands things in your house and you don't force the child not in a mean way obviously to submit to the higher principles like no that's not how our household works you eventually get a spoiled child that runs the house mm-hmm. same thing it works that way in populations it works that way in the entire cosmos if one species gets out of hand in the ecosystem it wrecks the whole and it pulls it pulls whatever it's a part of apart like if you have an an errant desire, an out of place desire in your body, and in in yourself, it will pull your body apart. You'll become fat. You'll get STDs. Whatever it is that's driving you to, and it'll eventually drive you to die. That's ultimately why you die is because everything is not in the proper alignment. If it becomes so, you don't die. That's what the whole idea of eternal life is about. Um. 
And and so the body. So again, like if you ever, so the Christ in you, your heart is the principality which organizes all of your consciousness. But then, like the the consciousness of your family, right, is also pulled apart if these little bits are not in the right order. And that's why, like, uh, that's why families break apart, or your country breaks apart in these same ways. It always pull or your ecosystem. It all pulls apart if it's not in the right alignment. Because they cannot, uh, and this is like the ancient in the ancient world when all they have all these different gods, these pagan gods, right? They always had to be fighting all the time because, like, Mars must Mars is not the central authority, and neither is Venus, but they're both vying for it. And so, the city state worshiping Apollo or Venus has to somehow get along with the city state that worship is worships. Um, Mars, and they uh, can't, or they maybe they can for a while, but eventually it has to come to blows to figure out which is the stronger, right? And that's that was the whole uh, that's the whole history of the ancient world is these is these spirits outside vying for other things now, and so the actual sort of biblical view is that these consciousnesses stack up all the way to God. Now, is that um, is that monotheism as most people think of the term? Eh. Uh, I would say no, because most like the, the, the Bible never says that the other gods don't exist. Well, I think that it's just the like important distinction, at least in my mind, is that one God, the Father, uh, is due our worship, and and other entities are not to be worshipped. Well, and and you know, there's yes, there's room for other things to exist, and you can debate the nature of their existence, but there is one Creator God to whom we should worship. I agree with you. However, a lot of what, and this is, this goes, this is, this is really the root of like the whole thing of like, um, praying to angels and saints and stuff. It's a very, it's like what, uh, so what constitutes the worship? Like you can, you can interact with them, the other spirits. Like you can talk to angels, you can talk to um, uh, all the different spirits, and they can answer you mm-hmm. sometimes in a very physical way, and that's not bad. It only becomes bad when you treat them as the end in themselves, which is basically what you were saying. They are not the thing that you point yourself towards. Well, see, I think, I think. Okay, I would disagree with you on this, and that this okay. is this is the nature of my broad disagreements with a lot of Catholic theology. Sure, is that um, while I think most Christians would say it's it's incoherent or it it's nonsense to think that you can interact with the saints or Mary, I wouldn't say that it's incoherent or nonsense, but I would say that we've been generally instructed not to and we've been given a 
we've been given specific instructions on how to pray and who is our mediator, and that mediator being the risen Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of God the Father. And so, well, sure. So, but can you ask other people on Earth to pray for you? Uh, yes, you can. But there's so not. How is it different if they're just because they're dead? Well, because so Christ mediates the prayers of the fallen men at one level to God the Father. And so I can go sideways and I can ask another human being to pray for me, but that person, it, it is my assumption when I make that request, and the instruction for them and me is that my prayers are mediated through Christ. Like sure. Christ is the mediator. Uh, yes, but then but why if not? I'm but if I'm if I'm praying, if I'm asking a saint or some someone who is passed into the heavens uh to pray for me, then I'm I'm using uh, a route into the heavenly realms that has not been assigned to me. Mm, maybe. I mean, to me, it's just like they're, well, they're alive, and you could ask them while they're alive, and you could ask them while they're dead. Like, hey, uh, keep praying for me. I know you're dead. Yeah, this is just going to be one of those things where we disagree, but I wanted to yeah, put I know. forward my... But so, so that's the... But, but my point in all that is like, what we're actually talking about is it's sort of closer to henotheism, which is like there are many gods, but there's like one at the top, which is sort of what Greek theology, if you want, mm-hmm. developed into with with Zeus. But it's not quite that either, because the idea is that God the Father is actually in a different category from all of his creation. Mm-hmm. Like he's not really just like what it's not on the same level. And so that doesn't really fit. You might think that it's a mono, monolatry. Which is this like, well, there's many gods, but we only worship one. And that's not quite it either, right? Because in all of these, there's also this bizarre, bizarre claim that whatever God is, is plural and singular at the same time, right? And so um, these, I think that if you don't acknowledge, if you don't understand this way of viewing the world, it's impossible to actually make sense of the world because this is, it's not arbitrary. This is actually how the world functions. And this is why things like fear-based liability shields can exist because you things have to stack up. They can't not. You The idea, the libertarian dream of that we're all individuals cannot work because we aren't. You are extensions of other people. They're extensions of you. I mean, if you hire a secretary, right? Let's say you hire a secretary. Um, if you if she's good and if you do it well, if she responds to emails for you, it will be in. It, she basically responds for you and in your voice. You'll she'll learn how you like emails to be responded to, how you like the phone to be answered, what words you like to use. She becomes an extension of your will, mm-hmm. and so it is. It is in, and that is true on so many levels. It is impossible. For the the idea of the individual as as this is why it doesn't work and why it continues to lose to lose is that that is not act, like the leftist view of we are groups is more closer to reality, which is why that works. Now, their grouping, as we've said, is itself damaged and flawed and bit toward all these. They are. The conservatives are trying to deny the stacking up of consciousness. 
And the leftists are more correct because they they acknowledge the stacking up of consciousness. However, they they stack up and orient themselves towards various demons. Mm -hmm. Demons of lust, demons of wrath, demons of jealousy, which comes out in all these different ways like, oh, the income inequality, and that's just jealousy. That's all that is. It's like it's kind of like the um, the conservative conservative people are trying to prevent a vacuum from collapsing, right? And the and the liberals have just let it collapse in the wrong way. <laughs> yes, and that because the dan- the 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 barrier the wall is breaking at the bottom first. Yeah. I mean, in that way, the Enlightenment was sort of a alchemical crucible of mankind. Is you know he was right. put in this vacuum chamber and subjected to these forces and and separated from reality for a time and then what comes out of it is something entirely different and i would i think we would both agree that that a lot of damage has been done a lot of damage a lot of damage has been done but and so this way of understanding the world and that there are actually everything the, everything is full of gods. Thales was correct. That should have been the end of philosophy. Everyone else since, like, he should have said that, and then Socrates would have been like, well, yep. And Kant would have been like, eh, yeah, you're right. And then we wouldn't have to circle around these books over and over again forever. Well, Just going around in circles. I mean, I think generally what you're pointing to is the idea that there is a, there is a very rich and full um, s- spiritual world uh, that is hierarchical and ordered and and is part of the same system as the physical world. Yes. And when because we're trying to break out of this frame of materialism, it's almost it's very difficult to talk about it, even when you can let's say in, in just within the, talking about it in a Christian context, if you can look at the Bible and point point out all these things that um, illustrate that there is a, a a full and rich hierarchical spiritual element of reality, it people have a hard time hearing that um, and want to just call you a pagan or something sometimes. Yeah, and, and, and that's why these categories don't really work, and I think that they themselves are a trap. Like, it's not and this is my problem. Like the Lord of Spirits guys are they're an interesting podcast. They're a couple of uh Eastern Orthodox priests. Mm-hmm. But they don't go far enough with it. Like, in my opinion. Like they like he had this he had this image he put up on Facebook some time ago. Which was it was it was two pictures. One was a village of like huts. And the other was a village of like houses with people interacting with divine beings. And the caption was at the top, what a camera would have seen. And at the bottom was the caption, what the ancient people experienced. And I responded, that's retarded. Because <laughs> it is. Um, they, they, that makes it them seem, uh, that makes them seem I- insane. And like, and they, and they, and that, and that, and there are people that do that. Like, um, he's not totally wrong. Like, if you go to like, I've there's accounts of uh, Indians in the South American rainforest now mm-hmm. who basically have that view. And there was a guy that went there and he spent some time with him. 
And he said, I was trying to lie asleep in my hut, you know, and I heard the, and I'll just give it a name because I don't remember what they called it. The, it was something like the Buddha boo, like the spirit that would be in the woods and called at night, you mm-hmm. know, and I'd heard about it and I thought this was just, but I was trying to go to sleep one night in my little hut in the hammock and I heard the Buddha boo. Like just out in the woods, and the butterdo, the butterdo would stand in, the, would from the woods, scream around the camp, like all the things it wanted to sexually do to the women. Uh-huh. And he was like, and so he, and it was like, it was like, I want to rub big breasts, you know, in in whatever the Indian language okay. is, and like you know, we can imagine, like, you know, click, 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 whistle, click. Okay. And he goes out, and he gets up, and he's like. He starts walking out in the rainforest at night, following this voice. And it's like, you know, there's like all the bugs chirping and, and the the wind through the trees and the frogs. And maybe a, maybe a jaguar, you know, occasionally roaring in the night. And he's just taking steps. And there'll be long periods of this jungle silence, you know, with all the little chirpings and roarings and stuff. And then they'll just be... Your feet are so tasty. <laughs> and he'd follow it a little farther. And he did this for like an hour. Till he finally found where it was. And it was this guy like from the village who he knew named like Yarngay or something. And he was like, what are you doing? And the guy stood up from his crouch position and was like, what? But why are you out here? He goes, am I? I am. Huh. And then he just walked back and went to sleep. And he asked him about the next morning. And he was like, what were you, what was all that about? And he was like, what are you talking about? Right. And, and that sort of behavior, which is mind boggling to us and is a form of insanity. Was sort of, is sort of common in, in those places that live in this, the huts of the animals. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like, I'm acting out the spirit in some way. But it isn't me. It's this other thing. And I'm going to put on this mask, this ritualistic mask, and then I'll become this god and I'll act it out. That, that sort of stuff does happen. I mean, the, the ancient Greek theater not, was, I yes. think, similar to what you just described. Right. It, it was. Um, and, but that is not... <sighs> really, but, but my my my... My point in saying that that's not like this, this guy's caption of his images, like he, that's another way to like contain them as like this little thing that's like sort of imaginary. And like, this is, this is Tolkien's thing of like, um, he didn't like that the fairies had become so small and mm-hmm. the elves, like, like Tinkerbell is the like biggest example of this. Right. Where she became like, the fairies used to be these like very scary things. And then she gets, although Tinkerbell's still murderous. Interestingly, <laughs> right? Tinkerbell still tries to kill Wendy. So, you know, even though she's diminutive and cute now. Um, so that's not like, like their version, like they'll talk about like, oh yeah, there's all these spirits and these things and this stack up, but they don't actually really seem to like bring it down to the, to the actual world where like in, in my view, I'm like, yeah, that's all true. And they and they fool you through NASA. <laughs> and they're like, oh, hey. come on, don't be weird. And I'm like, guys, you're 
talking about the existence of evil gods, basically. But then you don't allow them to actually do anything in the world. I believe in them and that they actually do stuff. Right. right. So your your position actually is cashing out somewhere. Yeah, th- this is my problem with the like there's a there's a big movement in in the West now to re-embrace the magical and the spiritual and the mystical, but they don't want to go all the way. They want to talk about it theoretically, but there's still this desire to fit in at the dinner party. Mm-hmm. And you have to throw that out. One, because if you do, you actually become more interesting at the dinner party. Like people like to talk to me a lot more than they like to talk about people that are reading Ibram Kendi or whatever. Because <laughs> that's boring. I'm like, no, no, no. Sea monsters. Right? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But two, it's actually how the world works. Like there actually are these evil gods, if you want to use that term, that do evil things and that people, evil people worship and which actually have evil power to deceive and manipulate. And dist- and they and they even have, and, and see, this is the, like they would do this whole thing about like the Nephilim and they're like, well, all that was was when it talks about the, the angels coming down and manipulating and having sex with women and so on. That was that what that what that was probably was was they were there was a priest to the cult of this god and they would wear a mask and they would uh, embody the spirit of that god and then have sex with a woman and, and so forth and so on. I'm like yeah, yeah yeah whatever but no actually they took physical form though mm-hmm. like like in the in the in, and people don't they don't want to cash that out they don't want to go all the way because but see just as we we as primarily physical beings. Like I said, we are, our being is contained to a greater degree in our body, but extends out. The flip side of that is true. Spiritual beings are less contained, but they can still condense into a, into a point, which you might consider physical. And I know people that have seen this happen. Like I know people that have witnessed an angel appear to them or what at least appeared to be an angel. And it was extremely frightening and scary. And so these these things can, it goes both ways. You are both less contained than you imagine, but also spiritual beings can become more contained than you imagine. And so I still resent this movement. Like though I'm, I'm, I, cl- I applaud the movement for trying to recapture all of this because the reason that, that the, the new atheism even had a moment is because Christianity became so silly because it deprived itself of all of its rich heritage of the of the world of spirits which actually exists and which actually has explanatory power for how the world actually lays itself out like that like the little demons of your belly and the demon of of the errant child and the demon of the it, that's the same thing yeah i don't it's, i don't think you can have a a coherent or useful view of of geopolitics without a spiritual element to it. You you can't. Yeah, exactly right. And so it actually it makes it makes so much more sense of the world, not only at large, but in your own life. You know, like, oh like like a like a, a gay person, like there's this thing like that's who I am. That's who I am. That's just who I am. It's like that's correct in a way. Like that is a piece of you. Like there is in every man there is a there is a feminine element, just like in every woman there's a masculine element. 
but that has to be integrated into the to the heart center. And when it isn't, it vies for predominance and then comes to dominate the whole to uh, errant and destructive ways. And so it's people deny that it's part of them, which isn't true. Like, no, no, that, but that is, it's out of alignment. It's, it's, it's one of the consciousnesses. It's one of the personalities, just like everything else that's vying and, and it has to be submitted to the highest. And then when it is, everything falls into line. And so you understand everything more in this way, but people are still unwilling to actually go all the way and be like, oh, and actually though, where there are actually like um, evil powers that actually operate in the world and things like these weird things that people experience actually happen and are a, a problem to be dealt with, to be dealt with, you know? And, um, and, and so that is what I hope we can push people a little further to recapture because everyone has like so many people, um, though we live in a demythologized world that where the bottom is cracking up the dam, nonetheless, they will have experiences. Like so many people are like after their loved one dies are like, you know, they came back for like a half second and said, hello. Look, that's a very common experience. And like, that they have a spirit, but it crystallized and condensed into a form that was visual for a minute, or maybe even physically touched them. Because your being is not as contained as you imagine, and it extends out beyond your body, out beyond time, out beyond like even in very simple ways. I mean, through your through your biological descendants, it extends beyond into time. That's a very simple way to understand it. But also, like when you read the words of someone from years from centuries ago. You're, you're interacting with that person, right? Yeah, I think that, that's an excellent example of, of kind of the transcendent spiritual nature of man is, is writing. Yeah, and that— And we're the and only, it, cr- the only cre- created things that do it, well, at least, um, you know, in the physical world. Yeah, yeah, and so the—, the, the So I, I would being, say that we, we, we're able to extend beyond our bodies in a special way— Rel- as compared to animals, we are, well, yeah, um, and we that's sit at part the, of we sit at the intersection of the of the animal and the spiritual. Yeah, and that like that's so part problems. of what's special about humans and why we're yes. not just more animals. Yeah, correct. Correct. But even the animals are not as contained as you might imagine. Just as I talked about the rock, mm-hmm. um, but humans are particularly able to walk both sides of that barrier. Right. Um, and I, I tend to think about the, the, the fall of man into sin and the effects, a lot of that, I, I would, I don't know, I would guess that a lot of the effects of that were to, uh, give us sort of a spiritual blindness, a blindness to the spiritual world that we, that we didn't have before. Like, as an example, if you were to use vision as an example, maybe at some point we were able to see x-rays and radio with our eyes, and now we can only see the visible spectrum. Um, well, and- I think that that's on the right track. I would say that that may be so, 
But I would say you could actually, you would have been able to see the spirits more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like you that's... would be able to see them. Yeah, and sure. Sometimes you still can. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you still can, but it's, um, and that, and that's also, you can use the, the enlightenment is, was sort of a recapitulation of the fall of man. Like we, we sort of, we sort of did it again, uh, and, or did it more in the enlightenment. It's like, we're going to further separate mankind from, from the heavens than, 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 than happened the first time. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't on on the cosmic scale, you can't make it any worse than it already is. But it it was like a it it, it was like a civilizational pantomime of the fall of man. Yes, and we we re, we recapitulate that scenario over and over again in our lives. Um, but so yeah, uh, is it, uh, did I hit all the points? I think I made it into something that was a thing. Let's see. We got fear-based liability shields. We've Check. got the demonic and everyday. Check. Materialism shield. Check. Holocaust trap. Check. What the Jews oh, are well, really. Holocaust up. trap is just where people. So the Holocaust, the Jews are up to something, but questioning, attacking the Holocaust, like there are inconsistencies in the Holocaust narrative. Mm-hmm. But that's not where you attack it at. You attack it at oh, the, the Jews are up to something, but also so is everybody. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, because right, if you get into the yeah. Holocaust thing, there's, there's so many. It's so much emotion attached to it. You know, they really sold it like with Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, you could gin up the same amount of emotion about the Rwandan genocide if you just made some good movies about it. Yeah. And you had piles of shoes and you know whatever. Yeah. Um, but they haven't done that. Right. But that's the Holocaust. I'll continue. Uh, and, and what the Jews are really up to, um, check is Christianity, monotheistic panpsychism, the consciousness of leaves. Check. I I think we got it. Thank you. I think you hit everything. I think we hit everything. See, this is, this is why you need to, this is why people need to do the, the, give, buy us a coffee thing. Yes. Give money. That's on the list too. Get, yeah, give buy us a coffee because uh, that sort of spiritual work doesn't just come from nowhere. You know the amount of emotional labor I do for you people. <laughs> I don't think you comprehend the amount of emotional labor that I put in on your behalf. So buy us, uh, do the buy us a coffee thing. You know what we need to do is just set up a Venmo and they can just Venmo us money. Would people do Venmo? You think that would you just flick people us some love stuff? Venmo. Do they? Yeah, is that what the women kids especially love, love Venmo? I don't know why women just love to Venmo things. You like you do anything like, can I Venmo you? You're like, I don't. I guess I prefer. I'm gonna, you just I'm gonna update cash. our um. I'm gonna update our show notes template to include a few more links for people to donate. Yeah, all, it's all it's all available you know, we at the have, website. But we have an LLC now. We could like open an account. Yeah. <laughs> hint hint. Yeah, not the, not hint the, hint. Smokestack. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't want it to be another company I have on my register that doesn't do anything, right? Because <laughs> I have so many LLCs and and other incorporations, mm-hmm. which are just s- sitting there. Have you been I'm having like regular board of, meetings? I have. A, I'm like an Elon Musk with the number of businesses I own. Uh, seriously, Elon Musk and I own about the same number of businesses. <laughs> However. The net profit of mine, of my seven businesses, is maybe 
$20. (laughs) So there's a difference in like success, but not a difference in number. Well, you're just not getting enough government grant money. I'm a CEO on on par with Elon Musk in a way in that I have the same number of businesses as Mm -hmm. he does. Mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just that my businesses are are waiting to become profitable. Just start a carbon sequestration company that uses gay labor in space, and the government will give you money. Gay space labor. Yeah, to to sequester carbon. And I could put it on the rainbow flag. It yeah. could be like a little astronaut helmet. You'll have money just dumped on you. Yeah. Dump trucks full of money. Maybe. You got to dream. You got to dream big, man. I think I'm going to go audition to be in Fleet Foxes again. Go for it.